Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, Um, my guest today is Alex Sue. He is a former big law litigator who now does business development and sales within the legal technology industry. Uh, Currently, he's the director of business development at Evasort, an AI-powered contract intelligence platform. Alex talks about taking the time to reflect on his interests and natural inclinations and how this has allowed him to identify his unique set of skills. His thick skin and talent for persuasion may not have found their place in litigation, but he uses them all the time in sales. This episode is seriously chock full of really, really good advice. I had such a good time talking to Alex. Um, One thing we touched on a few different ways was this advice of Alex's to slow down and observe and build your experiences, be introspective. You aren't likely to find the answer to life's problems in a job listing. And I know that this could be really hard. I totally understand the desire to have a plan and execute it and get it going fast. But for those of us, and this included me, who are just truly misaligned as lawyers, it is going to take some work to figure out what strengths and interests you should lean into and and how that would translate into a career. And it's not going to happen overnight, but it's worth the effort. It just requires slowing down enough to tap into those things that you might have been overlooking for a long time. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I think it is just really great advice all through and through. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Megan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'd like to start with the same question for everyone is just... uh, Tell us what got you into law in the first place. What made you want to go to law school? Yeah, so when I was growing up, uh, there were I was thinking about a lot of different career paths, and uh, I really liked the idea of um, being a trial lawyer. Uh, you know, whether it was from John, reading too many John Grisham novels or, or watching <laughs> yeah. TV. You know, I think A Few Good Men was the one uh, that really did it for me. But I, I wanted to be a trial lawyer, and um, even decided that I w- I would go to law school. So that was the goal in the beginning. And, uh, you know, as I weighed my way through my career, um, I eventually decided uh, to go off the path. But, but you know, I think yeah. just in the very beginning, that's, that was my original goal. Yeah. And so did you go straight from undergrad to law school or did you work before? I worked for two years uh, between law school and college. Uh, I was a consultant for IBM. Uh, it was a really kind of a boring job, but um, I knew that I was going to go to law school. I just needed some work experience. So I always knew it was always part of the plan. I see. Uh, but I did work for, yeah, I worked for two years at IBM. Yeah. So when you got to law school, was it more or less what you anticipated? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked law school. Um, I knew yeah. what I was getting into. I did a lot of research before uh, before going. So it, there weren't too many surprises. Um, I knew that one L year would be really important. And along the way, I knew that if I wanted to be a trial lawyer, um, you know, becoming a federal prosecutor would be a good way of going about it. So uh, I knew that, you know, I needed good grades. I needed to get into a, a good firm. 
uh, clerk for a judge. So, so I kept on going along that path mm-hmm. um, and, you know, worked really hard. Um, there were parts of law school I really didn't like. Um, I think 1L year was really hard, especially yeah. how, you know, competitive it is that, you know, all lawyers know about. But yeah. um, over time, I made some friends and, and, and you know, things got better. So, so I, I really would say I had a really great time in law school, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And you went to Northwestern? Yep, that's right. I f- feel like I've had a disproportionate representation of Northwestern on this show, which is kind of random. <laughs> I, yeah, but, I wouldn't um, be surprised. Yeah, Northwestern, you know, I think when we, you know, people, I'm 10 years out. So people, back around then, I remember Northwestern was looking for people with lots of work experience, diverse work experiences, yeah. and kind of a business and law bent. So I'm not surprised that a lot of people yeah. made their way yeah. out of law. Well, I have a, a personal connection to it because my grandmother and grandfather went there Oh, a million wow. years ago. That's where they met. <laughs> <laughs> My grandmother was the only woman in the class. <laughs> wow. So that's how long ago it was. Yeah, but, that's very cool. That, that might be the reason why you have so many uh, connections to Northwestern. Yeah. It, I don't know what it is. But anyway, I like people from Northwestern law. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a pretty good experience there. And you graduated and kind of kept yourself on that career path towards trial law. Yep, that's right. And did that proceed as you expected? No, it didn't. Um, <laughs> I came up, yeah, you know, I came up with the plan when I was in college. It was, you know, I don't know, 19 or 20. Um, so I did the whole the whole law school thing. Um, worked, got a job at a big firm, didn't like it, uh, clerked, really like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I think over time, I started thinking about, well, you know, what what did I really want to do? Um, I really what I liked about being a trial lawyer um, was that I would be able to to go in front of people, uh, persuade them, convince them. Um, you know that was nothing like what I was doing as a as a young lawyer. I was doing a right. lot of researching, uh, lots of doc review, lots of e discovery type of work, um, yeah. preparing discovery pleadings. So I you know I thought you know this this might not be the right path for me, and I started looking into you know, the lives of federal prosecutors. Um, and, and, you know, it didn't, there were certain things that I was like, you know, this is, this might not be the right path for me. I think originally you know, when I was researching it, it sounded like the right path, but, but as I got talked to people and I asked, as I got closer to the job, um, mm-hmm. I realized that that probably wasn't for me. So I think that was the first moment I thought, well, I need to revisit what my goals are. Um, and that was right. probably the first moment I was like, you know, maybe I need to get out of this, uh, law thing, but, but it was still really early on that I hadn't decided, uh, to, to yeah. leave law. Did that freak you out to sort of be like, whoa, I'd had a very specific plan and now all of a sudden I'm not sure that's the plan? Or did you, were you kind of like, well, I guess I'll just switch gears? It was probably somewhere in between because on the one hand, I knew that it would be kind of silly to keep going along a path if I didn't like it. On the other hand, you know, I built up this entire career, you know, I built up all these foundational pieces to this this career that I was going to kind of take a, a different tack on. So so I think, you know, I was in big law. And so I was at Sullivan and Cromwell in New York. And I thought, well, let me try to make a jump to something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went and joined a firm. I moved to, Cal- by the way, I was in New York. I moved to California. Mm-hmm. I uh, I joined a firm, a plaintiff side firm that was much smaller. Um, I thought, well, a lot of the, the skills that I picked up um, being a litigator, this could be used uh, in a slightly different context. So I, so I went and joined a plaintiff's firm to, to and I worked there and that wasn't a good fit either, but but at least I tried something different. I didn't just go to another big law firm. So that right. became the process of me kind of like experimenting with different types of law jobs and, and seeing what was a good fit for me. Yeah. So what were you sort of identifying that you didn't like about that initial plan? And, and what did you discover 
was more appealing to you? I just wanted to work. I, I wanted to work with people. Um, yeah. I think that was the, the the real main thing because, you know, as a trial lawyer, I think you know you're you're working with people, with witnesses, with juries, with judges. Um, I, uh, I I was at, I remember when I was in in big law, I, I did a discovery project, and I I was working with a, a team of lawyers representing a pretty well known client, and uh, I was hopping on this conference call, and I, I I heard this partner with I think you know 15 years of legal experience. He was on the phone with the client, and uh, instead of working on something complex or, or, or strategic, he was talking about privilege logs, like how this Excel spreadsheet that describes the reason for privilege for each one of these emails, like was it whether it was yeah. formatted correctly? And I was like, this is what I can expect 15 years out. Like, <laughs> I want to work with people. Exactly. You know? I don't, exactly. don't want to do what he's doing. Right. Um, so, so I think working with people was the biggest thing for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I also think it's that when you're in the belly of the beast and, you know, of course, the first couple of years of being an associate are difficult for, for probably everybody, but it's when you look down the road and go, oh, I don't even want that person's job that it starts to really, I think, make you think, hmm, maybe I need to <laughs> make a bigger, a bigger change here. And that's the thing, you know, you, you, you come up with these career goals based on maybe some internet research. That's certainly what I did. Yeah. Um, and then you look at website files of impressive senior lawyers and you're like, wow, you know, maybe that could be, that could be me one day. Uh, yeah. I know I thought that way. And then when you go in into the, into the firm, you work with them and you see what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And you're like, this is not what I expected. This is not what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how long were you at Sullivan and Cromwell? And then how long were you at the smaller firm? So I, uh, I haven't, altogether, I was at Sullivan and Cromwell for two years. Um, it's like, I tried to get out so many times. It's hard to calculate how long I was <laughs> total because but I, I started there. Right. And yeah. I actually had mixed feelings. I, I got an offer after I was a summer associate. Um, and I interviewed with uh, the Manhattan DA, I remember. Um, and then at the last minute, I decided to just go with SNC, mm -hmm. uh, go to the big law path. Um, I started and I did, I did work there for about three months and then got the opportunity to clerk for a newly appointed judge. So I just left after three months as a first year, went to clerk. And then uh, after my clerkship, I was thinking about what to do next. Same story, thought about yeah. a couple of different things, ended up going back to big law. So uh, was there for almost two years. So all in all, uh, about two years uh, at, at, in big law. And then when I made the jump to the plaintiff's firm, I was there for a little over a year. Um, and then, you know, I, that didn't work out. And so after that, I, I, uh, I decided to go solo, start my own law practice. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How did that go? I mean, that is a whole different can of worms, I would imagine. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's like the other extreme, right? I, I loved it because I got to work with so many, meet so many new people. I found that I really liked selling, um, marketing, you know, the, you know, the kind of similar, you know, working with people, the things, the things that I wanted to do, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I, it didn't work out, you know, it, it, there were a lot of reasons why it didn't work out, but, but I think uh, I did that for a year. So, so by the time I finished with my journey, um, you know, four years in big law, a year in mm -hmm. uh, plaintiff side practice, a year in, in, in solo practice, that was, that was six years out. Um, I, I felt like, you know, at that point, I wasn't sure if I just wasted my entire legal career. It felt, it felt really hard. Yeah. It was really yeah. hard right? because my identity was so tied up in, in being a lawyer. But 
but there were some good things. Like I, I learned a lot about myself, uh, what I was good at, what I was bad at. And uh, I think that set the stage for, for me making the pivot to legal tech. Yeah. So at that point, you, I mean, you'd had sort of four different legal environments. So was it pretty clear to you at that point that it was just that you were done exploring the different areas of practice that you needed to think in outside of that box? You know, uh, yeah, that's that's how I thought about it. I thought, yeah. well, and there were a lot of, I think there were a lot of reasons, um, but that was a big part of it. You know, if I'm, if I can't find a law, if I don't like my job as a lawyer, maybe this isn't the right law job, but if I've done multiple law jobs right. um, and they haven't been a good fit, um, maybe I need to try something different. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, you know, with some, with some context now, you know, I think maybe there still is a law job out there for me. It's just that at the time, um, that was the information I had. I didn't realize, you know, yeah. how many different career paths are possible with a law degree, but, yeah. but that was my thinking. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That was, well, that's a lot of data points. I mean, yeah. I had one, I had one, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> So, so I feel like you gave it the real college try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know that's part of it because yeah. because you want to make sure, and I think that's why when people say you know how were yeah. you so sure, how were you so sure, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. I was one hundred percent sure, but I was I had a pretty good percentage that was pretty sure because I tried yeah. so many different jobs in so many different contexts, and I yeah I, think I learned a little bit about you know what I hated about those jobs. Right. Right. So how did you think about what your next step would be? Where did you go to sort of come up with ideas for what your pivot would be? So I have a couple of, you know, I had a couple of ideas. Um, it's easy for me to say right now, you know, this was four years ago, right? It's four years later mm -hmm. saying that, you know, I, I had a plan all, all along, but, but I didn't, I, I tried different things and I, I wanted to look in something, I wanted to do something that had involved working with people. So sales and marketing, that type of, um, you know, mm -hmm. something client or customer facing. But beyond that, I didn't really have any strong ideas about what I should do. I wanted to do something related to law. So uh, I looked into recruiting, I looked into um, legal tech, I looked into litigation yeah. finance, I looked at a lot of things that I could leverage my, my legal background for. Um, and I was in the Bay Area at the time, I'm still in the Bay Area. Um, and tech is big here. And I saw that there were yeah. some legal tech companies that were hiring and they were hiring for sales. And so I thought, well, I know a little bit, a little bit about the law. I know uh, I like to work with people, so maybe I should mm -hmm. try that out. So uh, I, I decided to, to join a company. Um, it was a, an early stage startup that was selling software to lawyers. And uh, I joined as, a, as an early stage, uh, as, as an as a, um, entry-level salesperson. So, huh. so that was my first jump. That's really interesting. And you said you had enjoyed the sales part of your um your own firm and and i find that intriguing because i don't know that you'd find the majority of lawyers would say that sales is in their like strong wheelhouse yeah. was that just something that you had always identified as a skill of yours or was it something that as you had to do it for yourself you kind of realized you enjoyed well there were hunches all along the way um since i was very young um there are certain things that i've always done I, i've always been pretty bold about going up to strangers and asking them um, you know, to hire me, um, selling mm -hmm. myself. This goes back to like why I think law wasn't such a great fit. Like I was, I did pretty well from, you know, if you look at my resume uh, in terms mm -hmm. of law, but if you look at each stage, like, you know, me getting to a top school, me getting into a good job, like clerkship, big law, a lot of it had to do with how I, I, I sold myself. I was very good at figuring out how to position my candidacy, you know, talk my way into yeah. different uh, jobs. You know, I, I uh, you know, there was always a bit of networking involved. And so yep. I thought, well, 
well, well that part of my personality, you know, um, is also probably related to the part that doesn't want to sit in a room and analyze documents. Maybe that's why I was so careless and missed so many, de- you know, so many mistakes, which right. you know, I, know, I imagine a lot of lawyers who are listening to this, you know, maybe that's something that they run into. And maybe, maybe the core thing, you know, your personality is just not a good fit for certain types of, of, of activities. Maybe it's good for something else. And for me, that happened to be sales. Yeah. So what was your experience in that job? Did that feel like a better fit once you were there? It, it, it really did. And, uh, you know, there's some part of me that thinks, well, if I had done this younger, you know, I'd be ahead of the curve, right? But but the reason why I did well was because I had a combination of the legal experience. Like this was a, right. a software company serving litigators. It was an e-discovery um, company. And so all those bad experiences I had doing doc review suddenly became an asset. Um, right. becoming like a, a liability. It was like an asset. I, I actually had used so many different technologies before. And so I did well. Um, and, you know, you can tell when you're doing well when you're doing, you know, your job and you see other people struggling with things that, that, that you find hard to understand why it's hard. So for me, I'm very good at making cold calls. Um, turns out that that's one of my uh, unique talents, uh, yeah. which, which if you really break it down, it's partly comes out of my ability to kind of be okay with being rejected. I have a very short memory. Um, it's yeah. also related to why I am not so good at proofreading documents because, you know, I can brush things off pretty easily. So yeah. I look at a document, it's got a typos and I'm like, yeah, that's, that looks fine. That looks okay. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so interesting because I think knowing this about yourself requires, you know, some self-reflection, some sort of observation of where you've been successful and not. Um, and I think sometimes people don't take the time to really kind of dig deep on, on that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, you know, I think part of it, Megan, is, is that people are in a rush to get to where they're trying to go. Yeah. But they want to become like, you know, they want to become partner by X date. You know, they want to become this or that. Um, I, I didn't mention this, but part of the reason why I was able to figure out what I was good at is because throughout my legal career, I took on volunteer experiences. Um, I worked on several political campaigns just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know my, some of my peers and some of my friends thought was kind of strange. Like, why don't you just hurry up and just get that high paying, that paycheck from, from big law? Why, why, right. why take two months to, uh, of a break between your clerkship and big law to, to do a political uh, campaign, if, especially if it's not going to pay anything? Well, it was through that experience that I, that I first started, um, you know, really understanding that I was good at cold calling because I was doing that for, for the campaign. Uh, yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely st- stood on the street corner in Staten Island trying to, get, <laughs> you know, get some people to register to vote. And you definitely, I wouldn't say it's my unique talent, but I can push through it when I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? We yeah. all have a unique yeah. thing. And, and yeah. you know, my thing happens to be this, but, you know, maybe for other people, it's something completely different. Yeah. You need yeah. to have varied experiences to find out what those things are. Uh, I think that is such good advice because I think, um, you know, like you said, it going to law school and especially if you move into big law, it's so formulaic, right? You just, you know, the things you're supposed to do. Presumably you're pretty smart. You've gotten into good, you know, good law school and you don't really have to stop to ask yourself those things, but you're also perhaps not giving yourself the opportunity to test out these different sort of experiences, interests, and all of that. Because I think a lot of people go, well, now I'm not happy, but I have no idea what I do like or what I would be good at. So sort of allowing yourself those, you know, doesn't mean you have to quit your job to do it necessarily, but just allow yourself some experiences to figure out what those things are for, for you. 
and that's why you know I think even you know I'm I'm turning 37 this year. You know, I'm 10 years out of law school. I still will try to slow things down to try to. Under, there are things about myself that I'm still trying to understand in terms of my strengths and my weaknesses. What I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the real problem is people are just always in a rush to try to end up at their wherever their you know their ultimate dream job is without right. really connecting it to their own personality. And so if you slow things down, you might be able to find what you want more quickly. Uh, it's kind of weird in, in the way that that works, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really good advice. I do think it's hard because particularly once someone has gotten to the point where they're burnt out and they're tired of being at a big firm, for example, they just, they want to fix that problem quickly, but sometimes, you know, you can leave a job quickly, but you might not find the perfect job <laughs> minutes later. So it does, I think having a fair expectation that thinking through this might take a little while um, mm-hmm. is a good good starting point. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's an important lesson. Like once, like for me, like I've, I've left, you know, obviously I've left law and now I'm in legal tech. Um, you know, my career has accelerated a lot faster. Like I, I, I some, some part of it is because it's, it's, in line with my personality and my strengths and weaknesses. Another part of it is just the world has kind of changed, you know, like in law, things don't really change very quickly. But in legal tech, when I started out out four years ago, it wasn't as big of a, an industry as it is now. So, so you're going to, you're going to get lucky. And, and, you know, as you, as you move uh, along in your journey, like for me, uh, when I made the jump, there weren't very many visible people who who went from law to sales, or at least, you know, who, you know, you don't care about them, but, now you do uh, a little bit more, and also um, it's opened up all sorts of interesting career opportunities. Um, you know, a lot of the activity I do on LinkedIn, which you know I'm happy to share uh, with you about, but that's not something yeah. I ever imagined. You know, having a having a platform and and and, and having an audience on, on LinkedIn. I never thought that would be something I would do, but it actually is in line with what I do now uh, as part of my job. Um, yeah, and, and and so there are these things that can happen um, in your career that are surprising. In, in, yeah. Well, let's let's jump into that because I am curious about, you know, I know you're very active on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and there are a few other people I've interviewed who are as well. Um, I sort of conceptually understand the benefit of it, but I admit to being more someone that sort of uses it to find a connection one off, but it's not the place I spend a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of value there and, and I'd be curious to hear sort of how you use it, how it benefits you, what kind of conversations you're having, and maybe how it would, how someone thinking about transitioning careers might really leverage it. Yeah, so there's so there's so many ways you can use LinkedIn. Um, you don't have to use it the way I use it. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be a power user, but also uh, that's because I'm in sales, um, and and we use LinkedIn uh, as part of our jobs. So right. at a very basic level, you know, when I first started using LinkedIn, I, I treated it like an online resume. That's how most people treat it. Right. Um, but it's a great way to connect with uh, other people who have, you know, been through the career challenges you're running into. You know, you can hear stories just by reading the comments and a lot of posts, reading posts generally. You can learn a lot about um, career paths that are possible. You know, in yeah. the past, you just couldn't get that information without talking to them. But now there's a way to collect that information as a consumer. And then to the extent you find someone interesting, you can always just reach out, connect with them, um, ask them some questions, ask for a virtual meeting. Um, people are pretty open about networking. So tech, it's, a, it's a way for technology to be leveraged to, to really grow your network. Um, yeah. And then for, for me, you know, as how it helps me in my day to day is that, you know, we, you know, as part of my job now, I work for Evisort, 
Uh, it's a contract intelligence platform um, that has AI, and we sell primary to, primarily to legal departments. So GCs, CLOs, uh, general mm-hmm. counsels, uh, chief legal officers, in-house lawyers. Uh, it's a great way. LinkedIn is a great way for me to get in front of them, start conversations, um, and then have them reach out to me when, uh, when, when the time is right for them to evaluate software. So uh, there's a, quite a bit of selling that, that happens on LinkedIn um, yeah. for me. And that's part of the reason why I produce so much content. It's almost like I, mark, I do marketing for myself uh, by right, right. sharing posts. So, so it's, been, it's been great. I think, you know, I think people don't, I don't know who people are, but, you know, I, I, I think that they're, if you join LinkedIn and you treat it like a resume, you may not, you know, you might only check in every month or so when someone, you know, connects to you. Um, but I have been finding that people just, everyone seems more active on it. So if you haven't checked it out recently, you might find these conversations happening in a way that, that weren't even a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I don't know when that changed, but probably yeah. Yeah, in the past few years, um, yeah. people started using LinkedIn uh, less like an online resume and more like a, a place to have uh, have dialogues, um, to post their thoughts. And yeah. you really, in the, especially in the comment sections, you can hear pe- people are more comfortable sharing comments than posts. So you'll you'll see some pretty senior lawyers share their stories. Sometimes you'll you'll learn something really surprising, like the challenges they faced. You know, yeah. if you're an unhappy lawyer, younger in your earlier in your career, you you wouldn't be surprised to find that there's so many lawyers who have been through that um, and have succeeded throughout. So yeah, um, yeah, that's why I think it's great about LinkedIn. You hear so many stories from so many people. Yeah, and I would just let people know that you know not only are you on it, but Annie Little is on it, and um, a, a few of my other guests are very active. And so if you're kind of wanting to jump into some of these things that we're talking about more. A good place to start is connecting to the people that have been on this on this podcast as well. Yeah, and you know uh, Annie and others, you know we're, we're all very um, we're all very open to meeting new people. Um, that's why we're on, on LinkedIn. That's also why you know for yeah. me personally, like I said, I like working with people. Um, and 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 you know if if this this is a great way for me to meet more people. And and that's not to say that everyone has to do it this way. You know right. there may be a person out there who really loves. The research aspect of of, of uh, being a lawyer, uh, for whom it, when the, you know, for whom what I'm describing as my day to day, like going out there, meeting and inter- interacting with people, it might sound like a nightmare. Oh that's yeah, it's a real point, right? <laughs> the main point, which yeah. is we all have our own personalities and unique aspects to our personalities, and and, and you got to choose what's right for you. What was right for me may not be right for you and, and for anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I think that's you know you go. To, law school and get into a firm and I think a little bit of your individuality gets beaten out of you because that is just kind of the nature of the mm-hmm. of the job in a lot of ways so I think sometimes it, it's um, a little bit of an uphill battle to sort of reconnect with those things um, although I do suspect that your inclination is is relatively rare even after <laughs> self-reflection of a lot of lawyers so but that's great because that makes you unique and bring a very special set of um, skills and experiences to what you do. Yeah. And, and I think there's a part of me that thinks, well, there's another Alex who out there who ended up living his life as a, you know, standard career path lawyer, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, would that person uh, feel as satisfied and happy in their job as, as, as me? Probably yeah. not. Um, and, and, you know, and that's why we all have a unique mix of, of something. And, and that's why, 
I'm guessing that's probably something that's on the on the thoughts of a lot of the, your listeners yeah. here. Um, if you're unhappy about your law job, I mean, or if you're feeling frustrated, like there must be some reason why. Um, yeah. And so exploring that instead of just checking job postings and you know running off to another job that you're going to be unhappy at, like think through like what what am, what, what do I want out of a, a career? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good advice um, and sort of ties into what we were talking about earlier as, you know, it, it may not be a quick fix. It may be, a, you know, a year long, a multi year long process of discovery. But if you if you listen to someone like you, you can hear your energy, right? You you really like what you do. You said mm-hmm. you sound like it resonates with you and it's a good fit. Um, so I think if people hear that and they're like, that's what I want, <laughs> you have to get, you have to do that work to get in touch with what would make you feel like that. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and and I think that there's a lot of hints you have in your past, the, the things that you do for fun, the things that you, you know, when you go home and you're really tired, but you'll still do it anyways. Um, yep. It could be a hobby. It could be a side project. Like, like those are really important signs about what you should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever look back? Um, it, it sort of was it hard for you to just totally leave i mean you're still in legal tech but were people kind of like you're crazy why are you going into sales yes uh a lot of people <laughs> myself included someone said i think to myself uh, yeah. how did i how did i end up doing this um i think that's always going to be there um you know it depends also on how much you define yourself by your job and by being a lawyer it right. can be hard to make that move if, if you feel very strongly that you you know you had to have a conventional legal career. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think I didn't feel it that strongly. Um, for you know, maybe it's partly because I had a lot of imposter syndrome, but I didn't fully feel like a lawyer um, at, while I was while I was practicing. Yeah. But there's part of me that you know, especially you know, as a as a user of LinkedIn, I read stories from people who are you know 20, 30, even 40 years out of law school. Who, who left law for a while and then they, they went back. So I don't see it as, anymore as, as you know, um, I've left it and I'm, I'm there, I'm gone forever. There are okay. certain types of law, there are certain types of practices where it's much closer to what I'm doing right now as opposed to mm-hmm. staying in a room and writing briefs. So I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind and I try not to plan yeah. for the future. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you also sort of leave the door open to, rather than following the law thread, following the sales thread into a different industry? I might. I mean, I, and that's the, that's the beauty of this yeah. uh, because I want to follow basically my personality and not so much what available jobs there are. Yeah. So just to share with you, going back to my LinkedIn conversation, you know, LinkedIn has become a very unique strength of mine uh, to get in front of potential customers and clients. Um, that's really important these days in, sa- in the sales industry because, you know, people are, are less inclined to take, um, you know, to buy things off of a cold call or cold mm-hmm. email. Uh, they want to have conversations about, uh, you know, more, more, more. Um, they want to have more uh, complex conversations on social media, LinkedIn, and so for me, I'm just trying to see where this thing will take me. Uh, mm-hmm. I never would have imagined that I would have been on this podcast if I hadn't been posting on LinkedIn. So, so it's opened up right, right. opportunities for me, right? So, yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what's to come, and I try not to tie myself to any specific plans. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's great, but I do think it is. I think it's hard for people (laughs) because, you know, some people's nature and I think a lot of lawyers nature is um, to nail down your plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes the best plans only develop if you aren't so rigid. 
yeah, and it's that balance is so hard, um, which is why I think often it can be helpful to come up with a list of things you know you want to avoid as mm. opposed to what you want to go for, because it can be planned hard to plan a specific career path if you don't know what opportunities will come. But also right. knowing you'll decline. I mean, so for me, um, you know, for me, I, I faced kind of a, a crossroads when I was in um, legal tech, probably, you know, a year or two ago. It was, you know, should I continue being an individual contributor, like someone who um, is a seller, or should I go into management? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's the same, you know, I think if I'd been younger, I would have taken the same path of like, oh, let's see what's, you know, what, what, what I think might pay more, might be more. Right. But, but having the experience I had, I thought, well, um, I don't have a specific plan, but I know what I'm good at. And I want to stay with the things that I'm good at and yeah. enjoy. So, so, you know, doing, you know, do, being a continuing to be an individual contributor as a seller, um, to me, that's more in line with what I think I am, as opposed to getting this, you know, perhaps um, management role that, that might seem pre- more prestigious, but, right. but in the end, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm not enjoying it as much. So I guess that's yeah. a long way of saying, you know, I, I don't have a hard, hardwired plan, but I do think that generally, you know, you have certain themes that you want to, you know, certain types of jobs you want to go after, or certain types of jobs you want to avoid. I think that can be. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's such a good point too, because I'm not sure that the individual contributor concept sort of is something that lawyers are familiar with, but my husband works in, in tech uh, as well. And there are tons of extremely well compensated, very smart engineers who have zero interest in managing because it's a completely different job, you know, and, and having, you know, the wherewithal to know what it is that you're good at and you like and, and not getting wrapped up by a certain kind of momentum, which is how a lot of the people who are not happy in law firms ended up where they are in the first place. So, you know. Yeah, and to bring it all the way back, that's exactly yeah. why I think, you know, some part of me feels like, well, why didn't I discover sales earlier in my life? Well, had I done yeah. that, I wouldn't have had the lesson of, you know, you don't want to go and do the things that are prestigious or that the world tells you uh, is important. You got to follow yeah. what's in your own, you know, what's aligned with your own goals and personality. and and if you do well at that, um, it'll be far more prestigious and far more respected um, to be really successful and happy at what you do than to to take some some other job that that maybe the world tells you uh, you should take and you're just really unhappy all the time and maybe you don't do it quite as well. Like that's yeah. that's the big lesson for me in my thir- in my you know my my twenties um, and yeah. my early thirties. Yeah, I think you know. So looking back, would you? I mean, I, I've had this thought too is that you know i didn't want to practice so i guess on one level you wish you wouldn't have gone down that road but do you sort of feel like you had to go down that road to end up where you are i do and i think also i picked up a lot of things that you know i understand about a lot about so when i sell now i'm not just pitching products i don't understand i'm I'm talking for example when we sell um, our contract intelligence software i'm talking about um, the meat of a contract, you know, the clauses, you know, how AI is able to pick that up. And so you need yeah. to have that facility and understanding of, of legal language. And the same thing happened when I was selling e-discovery software. I wasn't just saying, oh, these are the features. I was saying, you know, I understand when you have your, uh, you know, you have to do this and this and this to, to really cull down your documents. And so I would, right. those, those are all assets um, that help me be, you know, get to where I am today. And I also think, you know, the ability to think critically, write quickly and clearly, um, those are all skills that you're, you're going to take with you. Uh, everywhere you go. 
Yeah, absolutely. I always think it's such good training, no matter, <laughs> you know, don't, I think some people just feel like they're throwing some portion of their life or career away. And that's yeah. not how I see it. And it's always good to hear from other people who also don't see it that way. <laughs> Careers are, last, are designed to last for, you know, 40 years or plus, like, you know, it's just because you, you didn't fully exploit it in the first five years or something, you know, um, yeah. it all comes together over time. And I've heard that also from a lot of really interesting people with interesting careers uh, who are lawyers uh, on LinkedIn um, who have shared yeah. their own journeys. Right. Yeah. You have to let things develop and you never know exactly mm -hmm. how they will, they'll play out. Um, well, I feel like you've given lots of pieces of, of advice to people along the way, but is there any other thing sort of circulating in your head that you're like, this is what I want people to know when they're thinking about maybe leaving practice? Yeah. Um, Look, I, I've given a lot of advice, but um, you know, sometimes I give advice and I'm just really saying things to tell it to myself. I don't have it all figured <laughs> out. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think it's hard to, to have it all figured out, but you learn some themes, you know. And I think for folks who are, you know, maybe thinking about a change or making a move, think about the broad themes in your life. Don't think about, you know, I, I think that the, the problem that a lot of lawyers run into is they look at job postings as a way to determine their next step. Um, don't just look for somebody else's idea of an ideal employee. Think about like what your ideal um, role is, you know, that, that incorporates all of your strengths, maybe your, where your weaknesses don't really matter. And then take a step closer to, to that job. And if it means starting over, uh, it can be scary, but it may be the right move. So, so yeah. there's broader themes, I think, of, of knowing, you know, expecting, don't expect to have a job that's perfectly designed for you. Just start building skills and inroads towards those jobs by, you know, volunteer experiences, hobbies, side projects. And then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a long journey and uh, nobody has it figured out. I certainly don't, but I, I like to pretend I do. Uh, yeah. So that's what I would say. Uh, I think that's, that's fantastic advice because I do think that there's so much more out there that you couldn't put your finger on by looking at a job description um, and putting that thought behind it, I think will ultimately lead people to a, to a more satisfying place at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you're, if you're kind of scared of, of what the, you know, the downside risks and all that, just know that the world has changed so much in the last three months that whatever we thought our careers or our lives would look like in the future, it's all changed and it's still yeah. changing. And so don't these assumptions that we make about how, how life will be, how will be, how life will be, how our careers will be. Yeah. Those are shaky too. Um, so so now yeah exactly it's like we think we've got ourselves into the, like the most secure job ever and then the world explodes yeah. and even yeah. that's not gonna you know necessarily hold so you know don't live your whole life <laughs> based on only the security factor yeah that's absolutely right and and you know for me you know that's how that's how i ended up on linkedin because i i started posting a couple of things and got caught some traction but then over the past you know because we've all been locked down and quarantined social media usage went up and, and I think my, my platform increased and it's helped my career. Uh, again, yeah. not something you could predict um, and put into a neat, neat little five-year plan, but, but that's kind of a big opportunity for me now. Yeah. So, so the same could be out there for you. you know, it's something else that um, you just never imagined could happen. Yeah, absolutely. I like a little optimism. <laughs> I think that I, I am too, uh, which is maybe why we both are places that we're happy. But so, uh, Alex, let us know where people can find you. 
LinkedIn, presumably. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the best way to reach me. Yeah. Uh, feel free to follow me so you, you can receive my content uh, or connect with me. Uh, it's Alex Sue, um, business development at Evisort. So that's my tagline. It's not hard to All find. Right. All right, great. And, um, and so, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think it's been really insightful and helpful. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Great.